Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. We it has been a long time since I've recorded a podcast. Um been dealing with a lot of things, um, spiritually and physically as well, and I haven't had time. Okay, that's a wrong <laughs> phrase. Um, I just have been in a place of a place of prayer and just sitting down with God and trying to figure out how I can come out of this unexpected season that I have found myself in at the beginning of the year. Um, so yeah, there's been a, there has been a lot of things going on that has made me put my podcast at the back burner for a while. Um, but yeah, we're back. We're back stronger by the grace of God. We are on a new series, which is the fruits of the spirit. We finished, or I finished, um, Joseph, um, the story of Joseph, and it was very, very, very educative, and I honestly learned a lot from the life of Joseph, which I think I'll do another episode just to round up that series and give, um, uh, more explanation of what I learned. So today's series, like I said, is we're talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and we'll be dealing with it from now to i think february second or first week of february so like a 14 day series and we'll be taking each fruit by by its topic and its um name and talking about it and focusing on the the aspects of that fruit in in details so um today's podcast will be about the fruit of love (laughs) the fruit of love the fruit of love 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 i think everybody if you ask an average person regardless of their race or their gender profession whatnot they would tell you different meanings of the word love some right some wrong depends on who you ask but everybody has everybody knows what love is everybody has a different interpretation of what love is but the the name and the general idea of what love is we all know we just might have a different interpretation based on a various of varying factors um whether it is background relationships gone wrong um, parental influence, cultural influence. Different people have different meanings to what they ascribe to the word love, but we have like a general viewpoint of what we think love is. We just have a different way of maybe either expressing it or explaining it. But today we are talking about love in the biblical um, sense and the Bible verses that I would be using or I read to buttress that is oh yeah, before I go into the Bible verses, I am using the She Reads Truth Bible plan. Um there's a Bible also and there's a Bible plan attached to it. Um I didn't get the Bible so but I have the plan, it's an app on the app store. She reads truth. There's also a he reads truth 
um, for any man that wants to get it as well. I think it's a very good devotional and also a very good Bible to have. It's really explanative on different things. But since I already have a Bible, I didn't see <coughs> the need to get another one just to um, just to see all the things in the Bible. Because at the end of the day, what matters is the actual God's word, not the extras that we can find in different Bibles. But yeah, I'm using the She Reads Truth plan and the plan is fruits of the spirit so the basically each day you have different bible verses you read them and you write what you learned and then there's a um devotional where the author also gives his or her explanation on the topic so um the different bible verses for the word love um, it's about is one deter it's one deteronomy deteronomy oh gosh deteronomy deteronomy for thirty one to thirty eight um then first Corinthians thirteen one to thirteen and then there's Galatians five six Galatians five six Galatians five thirteen to fourteen Galatians five thirteen to fourteen, first John four seven to twenty one, first John four seven to twenty one. So I'll take it again. So the uh, turnonomy. <laughs> Forgive me my pronouns. I don't know why English is just going off right now in my mouth. But yeah, four thirty one to thirty eight. First Corinthians thirteen one to thirteen. Galatians five six. Galatians five thirteen to fourteen. First John four seven to twenty one. So when I opened the Deuteronomy four thirty one to thirty eight, although I've read this Bible verse a couple of times, it just kind of maybe it's the verse of the Bible the translation I'm using, I don't know, but it just kind of made seeing God in a different light more meaningful. So how i started in my notes was like when you talk about god of the old testament everybody knows about god of the old testament the fire the brimstone the basically the harsh god of the whole old testament like the the story of god and the israelites is like the harsh disciplinarian of a father and the children who are always being disciplined and on uh, disciplined and have like stringent commandments they have to follow and everything so the god of the old testament just comes off that like that maybe it's uh, only maybe it's only to me but whenever i read the old testament that's the picture i always get the the god of covered in fire and clouds and thunder and just telling the children you you people you you disappoint me you're angry you're this you're disobedient you're this i'm going to punish you i'm going to do this that's the viewpoint that i get about the god of the old testament and that's the viewpoint i think a lot of our pastors especially the older generation of pastors portray god as well in this verse it starts with this i'm not going to read the whole verse i'm just going to read the parts i highlighted so verse 31 says for the lord your god is a merciful god he will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant of your fathers that he swore to them. 
let's even forget the part of a covenant on your father's and all that. For me, it was like he will not leave you or destroy you. And it just came out differently from the God of fire and brimstone. And if you do anything, you die. I'll send plagues. I'll send. <laughs> I'll send plagues and send this and send that to kill you. And he's telling, I think it's Moses, yeah, that wrote, yes. So he's telling Moses to tell them that he's a merciful God. He won't leave you, he won't destroy you. And I'm sure like the Israelites are like, this same God that punished us and gave us 40 extra years <laughs> in this wilderness is telling us that I won't leave you or destroy you. Like, but he just did not. <laughs> And it just made me realize that truly, 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 behind the the punishment and the discipline that the that the children of Israel realized or faced was all coming from a father who really, really loved them. Because if he really didn't love them, he won't say, "I won't leave you." Like, that should have been a frozen <laughs> deed when they passed the mercy and it went off <laughs> on Moses. There should have been a first night like, oh, you guys, okay, if you want to go back to Egypt, bye. Go back. I'll open the Red Sea, you go back. But he kept on telling them. And he kept on reinforcing to them that I'm a merciful God. I won't leave you and I won't destroy you. So basically all the things that they suffered was against his nature. I don't know, because I was just thinking, I was like, many times we act in a different way or we react in a different way to certain situations or people that are outside our original personality i don't know if it has happened to you but the many times people will trigger something or say something that will trigger you and you'll find yourself acting in a different way rather than what you actually want to do and could it be that the children of Israel <laughs> had triggered god so much that he felt he had to keep on keep on disciplining him disciplining them but his true nature is a god of mercy who would never leave them, who had no intention of leaving them, and who had no intention from the get-go of destroying them. That was one thing I just think was packed of all the thought processes in my head. And if you go down to read <coughs> the whole verse, Moses was telling them that, did anybody ever hear of a God speaking out of the midst of a fire? As you've heard, and you're still alive. Or has any other God attempted to take a nation, which is Israel this time, from the midst of another nation, Egypt, by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm? Like he's now, Moses is now literally giving them God's CV. Like this is the person that is telling you this. <laughs> he's not a shiri shiri God. He's the one that took you from Egypt force on its own with his mighty hand he showed you signs he showed you symbols like you know when a guy is cutting a babe and he's showing him and the baby this guy is showing how all the things that can give you all the things that can make good for you and basically Moses is like this man this god that sorry the man but this god that loves you he's not a shere shere god he's he's a god that has shown you this he's talking to you through a fire like he's doing this he's opening the red sea he's doing all these things He's doing that to show you that he's the Lord God and there's no other one besides him. So he's like, this is my CV. And my CV is basically love. I love you and I'll do anything for you. (laughs) 
and and i think it's a perfect way of starting off the definition of love because what we have been said over time by social media and by um movies and all that is love to be very one-sided one love to be oh if i don't benefit from this this to be very i won't say narcissist but very very one-sided and now we're having moses tell the children of israel and by extension us that god will not leave us is the definition of love is someone who will not leave who will not destroy you so basically that's like the highest standard of love so if we are in a situation or whatever situation that is lower than the standard then it's not love because love is one that never leaves you and never destroys you Moses now ends it with like he ends it with this is the same God that drove out nations greater and mightier than you like big boys of the nations and he brought you into their land as an inheritance like you didn't work for the things you're enjoying in this land I brought you here that is my love as I understand that I think God has brought it's like love makes you provides the best for you because God did not give them the land of small countries like two 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 thousand people he bought out he gave them the land of millions of people like he said Moses is a greater and mightier than you so these are not nations that should be played with these are nations that if they had by themselves gone to fight them those nations are slaughtered Israelites <laughs> would have slaughtered them so bad but God is like I went ahead of you with my mighty outstretched arm to bring you to a good land as your inheritance that means you didn't work for it because an inheritance is something that you didn't really work for it's something that you just go because you are related to the person that owns it so he's giving you this land this land flowing with milk and honey as an inheritance you didn't work for it but come and enjoy it <laughs> so it just made me realize that okay the god that we see and we know about in the old testament his personality is love behind all the disciplinary acts he did towards the israelites he's at the heart of everything is just love then we went into or went into first corinthians 13 1 13 and then we have just after jesus came and jesus came to the shows okay it's not fire and brainstorm this time <laughs> this is the true personality of the father and then i think i don't know who wrote for first corinthians though but the person who wrote it <laughs> could be paul or james or john i'm not really sure but the person who wrote it went on to talk about love's attributes and we all know the attributes of love it's um listed in verse 4 to 10 but one thing i okay i think it's paul that wrote first corinthians but one thing that focused i focused on is love never ends prophecies will pass away speaking in tongues will pass away and that's like in our modern day christianity is like you can speak in tongues you're like the gym gym right <laughs> christian but paul is saying that yeah even though you can speak in tongues even though you can prophesy and you have the anointing for all that it's fleeting meaning when jesus comes with who Paul says the perfect comes, everything will pass away. The one thing that 
stand firm is love why because god never ends and love is god's personality so that means love will never end the prophecies the tongues are all gifts god has given to us while we are here on earth but love 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 the true meaning or depth of love is god's personality and his personality cannot end because he's an everlasting father so um then we went to galatians 5 6 and talked about faith working in love then the one that i focused on also was first corinthians first john 4 7 to 12 so here i think john was talking about okay you know what love is you know you know that love is god's personality you know that god love is who god is but let me tell you this if anyone doesn't love you don't know god because you can't say you know him because knowing somebody means actually in relationship context or friendship context you can't say you know somebody without knowing who the person truly is how the person behaves who the person's personality is what the person likes and doesn't like so if we are saying that god is love you are saying that the full true personality of the father is love then you can't and you say you know god by that by that it means you know that god is love and you can't say okay you know god who is love and then you don't love it hit me because i'm someone that based on disappointments and heartbreaks and all that from people it has come a time it has become an, a habit of mind that i'm very skeptical of truly expressing love to people not just within my immediate circle project people in general because i'm like if i show you love now you're just gonna hit me and hurt me and everything which is fair which is an understandable um mindset to have but this virus this verse is saying that if you say you love god you can't say you don't love because god is love and there are many times even if i flip it there are many times that i have acted like the israelites <laughs> rebelled against god done all sorts of things and his love is still constant like imagine the whole world disappointing god and rebelling and everything and his love has always been constant <clears throat> so i'm like it just i think when i was writing it was like imagine that <laughs> you, you've done so many things to hurt father and his his love where you still standing so why would your love be determined by what people do and how they hurt you <clears throat> and i was like wow thank you <laughs> thank you for that words of nuggets of wisdom but it's not easy i will not sit here and say oh we need love is so easy it's not especially in our time and age where everybody is becoming very selfish and so very self-centered it's very difficult to choose that okay regardless of the attitudes of people you will love because you either be seen as a very foolish person or you would people would try to take advantage of that heart of love but one thing that what i was studying like a girl was like regardless of what people say and what people think what people do if you say that you know god and you want to know him in a, on a deeper personal level one aspect that you need to change and develop is in the area of love so i wrote in my journal the Old Testament focuses on the harshness of God, the wonders and the signs he did, and the punishments 
he gave, but not on the loving, merciful aspect. We see that God is merciful. He won't leave and he won't destroy or forget his covenant, meaning that if God promises you something, he will do it. But more what what resonated with me a lot was he won't leave. So regardless of what Israelites did, he kept on reminding them, I won't leave you. And that is a nice <laughs> assurance to have in this day, again, in this day and age where everybody's like, any small disappointment or any small difficulty, they are like, bye. They won't say bye. Some of them won't say bye. Some just like ghost you and block you everywhere. <laughs> so to know that you serve a God, you have a father who watches over you and he won't leave no matter what you do. Not that you should be taken as um as a reason to misbehave but having the assurance that he won't leave and he won't destroy you helps god showed his love through signs and wonders through his mighty outstretched arms i was just picturing it literally stretched his arms the owner of the heavens and the earth stretched his hands and picked up the israelites <laughs> not like he picked them up but like imagine walking through life under the outstretched arm of God imagine breaking barriers and breaking challenges under the outstretched arms of God it must feel really nice honestly <laughs> but that's what we have through Jesus Christ at the end of the day we walk under the mighty outstretched arms of Christ so I also wrote that Jesus came to correct the viewpoint we have about God's love and importantly to show us how we can love him and each other I wrote that the pillars that hold the Christian is salvation and love. Salvation because through salvation we have access to the power, the authority that Jesus has won for us. Because Jesus brought salvation to show that we are no longer under bondage of sin and death. And through him we have everlasting life. <clears throat> but also another pillar is love. Also came to show us that God loves us. And that's why he wanted us back into his good books into his into companionship or union with him because it's out of that love that god sent his son imagine just sending like i'm an only child of my mom and imagine my mom just saying okay i want to redeem the children in my church and i'm going to send you as a sacrifice to be a bridge between them and me I don't know how that conversation would go. <laughs> I don't know how my reaction would go. But Jesus came because God loves us so much that he wouldn't be us being so separated and far away from him. That he sent his only unblemished son to come and die. That will kill. Come and be the bridge between me and these people. Come and give them opportunity so that at least they can make the decision of coming back to me. And I can start communicating with them. So, and that is a major pillar of who we are as children of God. That God loves us first before we loved him. And our love for him is not based on anything that we did. We didn't merit it. We didn't earn it. Before I was born, God had loved me and sent Jesus Christ. Before many of us that are listening to this were born, Jesus had already paid that price. And we are partakers of that or merited salvation so i wrote that true salvation we have access to the father to power and authority won by jesus 
and then through love we share this with the world we share with the power and authority through the true love we share this power and authority that jesus has won love makes you have faith because um also that love makes you have faith because galatians 5 6 says for in christ jesus for in christ jesus neither circumcision or circumcision counts for anything but only faith through working through love and basically the definition of faith is just the substance of things hoped for it says faith working through love our faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and i walked and i was rather that love makes you have faith <clears throat> you can't trust that god would provide or give you the things you hope for if you don't believe he loves you and wants to for you to have the best because <coughs> again let's go to the definition faith is the substance of things hoped for you can't hope in a god that you don't trust loves you because if i don't trust that like i say my mom <coughs> loves me i can't hope that okay she's going to give me her phone because what 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 foundation am i standing on to believe that okay if i need a phone which is going to be the best for me she's going to give it to me but i'm standing on the foundation of she loves me she wants the best for me and if the best involves her giving me her phone she'll give it to me <clears throat> and we can put that in context with god like we are hoping that god will give us what we want on what basis are we hoping that because yes through jesus christ and what he did but mainly through that through the belief that god loves us if we didn't have the belief that god loves us and wants our faith uh, our, our best then there's no basis for faith <laughs> because you cannot believe in a god that doesn't love you to give it the best <coughs> i hope i don't know i don't that's how I, I just linked everything in my in my head because it shows that faith yes is important but faith stands on love stands on that god really loves us wants our own good like, like you said in jeremiah 29 11 that the thoughts i have towards you are sorts of good so that shows love i have good thoughts towards you i will not leave you i won't destroy you so it's based on those thoughts based on that love that we can stand and say father i have hate faith you will provide all my needs i have faith that you heal me i have faith that you defend me i have faith that you give me wisdom i have faith for all sorts of things because i know that you love me and you want my own good <laughs> so that's what i wrote and i was like it is out of that love that you trust you trust he will bring you to his best the only way or yardstick to know a person truly believes in god is love exhibited again paul said it in galatians uh sorry first john four <clears throat> first john seven oh four verse first 15 or 16 so he's like so we have come to know and to believe the love that god has for us god is love and whoever abides in love abides in god <coughs> and god abides in him so there's no yeah we have to anyone that does not love does not know god because you can't say that you love god but the person next to you you don't love and this hit me hard because especially in the country i live in it's very easy to just be a myself my me myself my i how do you say me myself and i it's very easy to go into that zone of just i don't really care what's happened to the next person especially if you like are worried about the backlash you might receive so it's very easy to enter that zone 
especially when you're going through a lot of problems and you're like i just want to care about myself for right now and we live in a culture that is do you do you self-happiness self-care self-concern and the bible saying us that at the hallmark and the, f- the foundation of our faith really is just love yes it doesn't mean that you should take care of yourself and look out for yourself but it shouldn't be at the expense of showing love to people so if it comes to a point where um someone is in need and you want to be me myself and that kind of person the bible is enjoining me <laughs> and you to choose love because if you say you know god and you don't love it's a problem <laughs> so that's one thing i wrote and the most important thing yeah it says i love god um who we love because he first loved us i think i've said that if anyone says i love god and hates his brother he's a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love god who he has not seen which is understandable like if i'm seeing my brother my neighbor and i have the capacity to help with no um um harmful effects in me and i don't help i can't honestly say that i love god because god shows his love to people and if i'm supposed to be an ambassador of god i'm supposed to also ambassador show him my love through jesus christ oh i'm not saying this is easy i'm also taking correction because I, I mean even this week there are many times like just didn't show up enough let's put it like that i didn't show up enough at all <coughs> it was it me and myself roller coaster but by god's grace this will change so most importantly there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear but fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears hasn't been perfected in love this really hit me because i'm someone that really gets very anxious and fearful about different situations and one thing i learned was that any iota of fear about anything whatsoever about sin about worry about finances rather about finances or people or whatever any iota of fear that manages to creep into my heart or my mind isn't from god because love and fear cannot coexist because fear is the opposite of love you are afraid of someone you can't be afraid of someone who you know really really loves you there's just peace and comfort and safety that comes when you know this person loves you the same way a child will snuggle to the mother and be at peace and even sleep off because he knows that mother loves him if the child senses any any change in the mother to the point where the child starts getting afraid the child will run away the child will not want to snuggle or hug or whatever so love is opposite of fear fear is the opposite of love so i now got to understand that if i have any fear about whatsoever i should make noise from the enemy and start buying and casting <laughs> but yeah just using the world to neutral, the word to neutralize that iota of fear <clears throat> and one prayer i prayed to round up my study was like lord perfect me in your love let me come to the realization that you love me and <clears throat> you want the best for me that's what i ended up praying that anytime you experience fear know it's from god as god does not abide in fear or in love it's not his personality to be a god of fear regardless of how he may have disciplined the children of israel he truly is not a god of fear according to his word so what i prayed was god should 
perfect me in love. Help me to come to the total understanding that he's a god of love and he wants the best for me. Always. Oh, this this podcast has gone really far. Um, I hope you enjoyed my um this episode. Um, I hope you learned one or two things from the topic of love. I'm going to go back and have to read it again <laughs> to like grasp it really well. But so far, that's the topic of love, and I hope you understood dip- deeply what love is and the yardstick we're supposed to use not just in our in our own personal interactions with people but what we are also channeling to people so the yardstick of love is really high (laughs) i don't think any human being can meet it but we can as as much as possible try and also gives the yardstick of what to implement in our personal relationships love is not envious love is kind love doesn't want evil to happen to another person love tolerates love tries to find good in people <sighs> it's not easy i would say uh, i didn't think that the topic of love would hit me this way but yeah so that's the yardstick that god has given us in terms of love and by his mercies and his grace it's little by little it's becoming part and parcel of our lives going forward so thank you for listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it and i hope it wasn't too long um and i will see you tomorrow on another episode we're going to be talking about joy which i find very interesting (laughs) and um have a lovely evening take care stay blessed